This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, January 27th. S&P futures are trading down about 42 points. That is about 130 basis points. The major Eurozone indices are down about um, 180 basis points. And most of Asia is still closed for the New Year holidays. Um, so there really aren't many markets trading in Asia, but Japan was open. Japan finished off about 1.6 to 2%. Um, and the rest of the major markets were closed in Asia. So not really a mystery as to why markets are trading the way they are. Um, you know, We've been grappling with two areas of, of negativity now for a couple of days with the China coronavirus and then some of the shifting dynamics in the U.S. Democratic primary. Um, so, you know, the coronavirus, you still have uh, the caseload count rising at an accelerated rate. Um, and that's obviously, um, you know, raising concerns about just the overall state of economic growth going forward in the region. Clearly, you're going to see China's Q1 numbers suffer as a result of this. Um, you know, you have pretty aggressive quarantines in place, pretty aggressive travel limitations in place. You've already seen some of the preliminary statistics around the New Year holiday and travel numbers. Um, there was a statistic out of Macau that visitor counts off about 80%. So you're clearly going to see a pretty large setback um, in terms of, of the Q1 numbers out of China. Um, you know, I don't really think the big issue, though, is so much people are marking down aggressively their GDP and EPS assumptions. Um, you know, I think this is really kind of an issue of just of the multiple and the multiple um, you know, if you're if you're talking about a market that's undergoing multiple expansion and contraction, you're going to have um, you know very aggressive rallies like we've seen in the last few months, and you also are going to have pretty swift sell-offs um, like you know we are potentially experiencing right now. So, um, you know, a market that was trading up around 19 times plus, which is where we were at the recent peak, um, you know, you just become a lot more susceptible to any type of macro setbacks, and we've seen you know two relatively large setbacks now hit the tape. So. Um, you know, again, I'm not so much worried that you're going to have to mark down estimates aggressively, but I do think that if you're going to put the multiple back in the prior range before kind of had this little mini breakout rally um, to this 18 to 20 times range, if you go back to the prior 16 to 18 times, you know, you're talking about um, a several more, you know, percentage points of downside. So even even putting 18 times, which is still a very generous multiple on um, that 175 number, which is the, you know, the consensus for this year. And if anything, that probably has some downside risks, given what we've seen, um, you know, given given some of the given, obviously, the the ramifications of the coronavirus and all the shutdowns we've seen in Asia, um, putting in 18 times and that still gets gets you down to about 3150. Um, you know, that's only about three percent from where we are with where the futures are this morning. So it's not it's not really dramatic. But I think that's the real takeaway from the last several days of the market where. You know, heading into this year and in the in the initial weeks of January, um, you know, sentiment obviously was quite euphoric, where people thought you had kind of these four forces exerting upward pressure on the market. Um, you know, we had still tax policy, ID regulation, all of those positives from the initial part of the Trump administration. Plus, now you had trade resolved, and then plus you had the Fed at work cutting rates, and then also kind of conducting this stealth, inadvertent quantitative easing policy. Um, so all those things inflated the multiple. Um, and now I think people are just questioning whether or not that was the most prudent um, 
whether that multiple expansion was really prudent in retrospect. So I think that's the real takeaway from all this. Um, it, it's a question of, do you kind of reverse all the recent multiple expansion um, or not? I don't necessarily think that people are at the point where they're aggressively marking down um, GDP and, and EPS estimates, although you are going to have to obviously take a haircut to China's Q1 GDP. So that's really, you know, as far as actual major incremental news, it wasn't wasn't a terribly busy weekend or Monday morning. It's just more of, um, you know, the 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 inklings of negativity from last week were just kind of exacerbated and and um, inflated over the weekend. So obviously, you have more coronavirus developments, a million different headlines and statistics. Um, but I think the big issue is you're seeing caseloads rise at an accelerated rate. And I think too, um, you know, based on reports, apparently this coronavirus is still quite contagious even before people become symptomatic, which is in contrast to SARS. Um, which just makes it a lot harder to to quarantine it. Um, on the political front, you had a bunch of new polls out. Um, you, I think the most important ones are putting Bernie ahead in Iowa and New Hampshire. You know, so going back even a few days ago, Biden actually was quietly the front runner in Iowa, and he was doing quite well in New Hampshire as well. Um, if these latest polls are accurate, then you know uh, Bernie is headed for victories in both Iowa and New Hampshire. And if that's the case, and depending again. You know, if Biden is a close second. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know if it if it's an enormous setback to his campaign. But if you know if he suffers badly in those two states and he falls into third place or even lower, um, obviously I think that hurts him going into uh, Nevada and South Carolina and then onto Super Tuesday. So, um, you know, people are are you know you saw the reaction in those sectors that are thought to be most sensitive to a Bernie presidency, healthcare and financials on Friday. Um, so, you know, I think the polls over the weekend are kind of just going to exacerbate those worries. Um, so those are the two major macro themes, coronavirus and Bernie. Um, it wasn't all negative. There was an important Italian regional election out, uh, regional election that was held Sunday. The, the, um, exit polling hit Sunday night and then Monday morning and it was positive. So the, so the existing government, um, secured a victory, which is very positive. Um, you know, there had been some hope, there had been a lot of fear, that the government was kind of teetering and on the brink of possibly having to call new elections. But the election result, the regional election result over the weekend was certainly positive and important for it. Um, so that's kind of the major macro news. There was not a terrible amount of micro news out over the weekend. Um, actually, just quickly circling back to the macro, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that hit uh, Sunday morning just talking about how the Fed is exploring or considering various different options Various different stimulus options that it would that it could enact during uh, the next recession, and one of them was capping treasury yields. Um, so I think it's more of an academic type of a discussion right now. I don't think you're going to see anything imminent, um, but this would be similar to kind of what Japan is doing right now, where you conduct quantitative easing, but you shift away from a set amount of asset purchases towards committing to purchase only the amount necessary to hold yields at a certain level. Um, and if anything, I think, you know, the result of it is stocks are clearly very sensitive to the expansion of the balance sheet. I think if you do shift to a yield capping yield strategy versus a, a fixed amount of purchase strategy, you're probably going to inflate the balance sheet at a slower rate. You're going to actually probably have a smaller balance sheet than you otherwise would. Um, and that's what you kind of see in Japan where, um, you know, their, their, their purchases have, have, have uh, fallen off as they've shifted towards um, a yield strategy versus just a fixed purchase amount. Um, so I think that, that article gets some attention, but I think it's kind of more just a longer term academic discussion right now. Um, so just on the macro micro front, rather, there really is not there was not anything terribly important out over the weekend. Um, for 
today on the calendar, um, there's not much either. So it's really just kind of a few earnings. Uh, the big ones would be uh, this morning, DHI and ARNC earnings. This morning before the open and then after the close, you have F5, Whirlpool and Juniper earnings. Um, otherwise, there is nothing terribly important on today's calendar. So that is it for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.